Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. If you're so desperate, we can offer you medical assistance in dying. We've got that story plus placebo and the vaccines. But first, coming soon, climate lockdowns and the 15-minute city. We grab this from a pretty fantastic site called joannova.com. It is lengthy. The 15-minute city is a United Nations and World Economic Forum plan because they care about you, a.k.a. want you to drive less, for starters. In the World Economic Forum's own words, this rearrangement of cities is absolutely about climate change. Quote, as climate change and global conflict cause shocks and stresses at faster intervals and increasing severity, the 15-minute city will become even more critical, end quote. And the solution was the pandemic. They, they really say that part as well. To this end, Oxfordshire County Council, which is run by Labour and the Liberal Democrats and the Greens, want to divide the city of Oxford into six 15-minute districts. The council plans to cut car use and traffic congestion by placing strict rules on car journeys. The idea, you should be able to do everything within 15 minutes. Residents will have to register their evil cars with the council, and they'll be tracked to count their journeys through the key gateways. Under the new proposals, if any of Oxford's 150,000 residents drives outside of their designated district more than 100 days a year, they then could be fined 70 pounds to be paid in Metagreta GovCoins. It all sounds ridiculous to suggest a lockdown for the climate, but if you listen to the BBC, they're working awfully hard to persuade us. Connecting the 15-minute city to the fun of COVID lockdowns and setting all this up as though it's totally normal to have the government choose your friends. Quote, how 15-minute cities will change the way we socialize. That's the headline from the BBC. And look out, it ain't just Oxford. Turning up in Brisbane, Melbourne, Barcelona, Paris, Buenos Aires, and of course, to my complete lack of surprise, Portland. But Oxford City Council seems to be moving faster than all those other places. Oxfordshire just approved on November 29th the Traffic Filters Trial, which will turn the city into a 15-minute city. The trial will start on January 2024. The trial is capitalized, like the Kafkaesque hellscape the so-called progressive elites are trying to ran us into. We've got the links to the United Nations site, The 15-Minute City, and 15minutecity.com, putting people at the center of urban transformation. James? You know, James, you got to hand it to the technocratic planners of the would-be technate. They are masters at taking ideas that, detached from all of the, you know, the, the context that they put them in, could be, well, that could be a good idea. In fact, if I was going to create an intentional community, I would probably want to create it around the idea that everything is accessible and close and you don't need to rely on some sort of, you know, in, uh, big infrastructure in order to get your groceries that are coming from halfway around the world, whatever. Yeah, having a 15-minute city. Right, it sounds right. But, oh, wait, no, we're not talking about some some group coming together to do this spontaneously or people deciding on this or agreeing in some sort of mutually consensual way. No, we're talking about city councils starting to take control and starting to herd people into carefully controlled spaces exactly as has been planned for decades now, going back to old UN conventions on biological diversity and others, and the idea of rewilding and creating nature corridors, which gradually expand and expand and expand, 
as the people get herded into these 15-minute cities so that when you are allowed by the loving masters of the technate, you'll be allowed to travel from one little 15-minute city to another if you get if your if your social credit score is high enough. I mean, again, this fits into every part of the agenda. This is not about saving the earth, as I have said 8 million times and will say probably 8 million more. I'm sure people out there get it by now, at least the people in our audience, but does everyone else? Does everyone understand the full implications of this? And this is exactly how they create the infrastructure for the climate lockdowns of the future. Exactly as this article is putting the emphasis on, this is about that long-term vision in which we will be herded into these small cities. And it's something that has been talked about over and over. I played that uh, megalopolis city of the future clip a number of times in Corporate Report podcast history, talking about people being herded into these tightly controlled cities. This is part of the game plan, and I hope people recognize it when they see it. Yeah, it sounds like a uh, maybe that maybe that's a good idea on some sort of abstract level, but no, no, no. Look at the details of the way they're implementing this. Driverless cars constantly tracked and traced with your carbon footprint tracked, which will be pinned, of course, to your social credit score. Ordering pizza in the future, it's all it's all right in there. James, have we spoken specifically? Have we said fifteen minute city on New World next week before? Not that I recall, no. Okay, maybe <laughs> maybe the horror of recognizing these things seem like something again that maybe I've seen warned about for decades. Justin Trudeau said he admired China's dictatorship. Canadians should have believed him. Paralympian claims Canada offered a euthanizer when she asked for a stair lift. A Paralympic army veteran. Again, those words sound like, man, those sound like the people we do anything we could possibly do for. A Paralympic Army veteran told stunned lawmakers in Canada that a government official had offered to give her euthanasia equipment while fighting to have a wheelchair lift installed in her home. Retired Corporal Christine Gauthier, which, who competed at the 2016 Rio Paralympics, testified on Thursday that the unnamed veteran affairs caseworker had offered in writing to provide her with a medically assisted dying device. The CBC reported, I wonder what that is. I have a letter saying that if you're so desperate, madam, we can offer you made medical assistance in dying. Ms. Gautier, 52, told a House of Commons Veteran Affairs Committee. Testifying in French, Ms. Gautier said she had written to Justin to express her concern. Mr. Trudeau said on Friday the incident was absolutely unacceptable. Unacceptable that you found out about this. I, I need a wheelchair lift. Uh, best I can do is 38 special in a pine box. Noticing a pattern here yet? Let's stay in Snow Mexico for this related story. Simons removes controversial assisted suicide video from YouTube. Canadian fashion retailer Balenciaga... Oh, wait, sorry. Simons has deleted, or rather, I think they've actually made it private. Hey, guess what? I saved it. I save everything. I have a copy of it. Simons, who I had never heard of. I had never heard of Balenciaga or Simons before these last couple of weeks. Simons has deleted, or really made private, a bizarre commercial that promoted a woman who received the most beautiful exit by assisted suicide. The original three-minute film called All is Beauty tells the story of a middle-aged woman named Jennifer who chose to end her life by assisted suicide. In other news, woman featured in pro-euthanasia commercial wanted to live her friends say. This is more recently from Vancouver Sun. Jennifer Hatch 
noted that the BBC healthcare system hadn't even been able to provide her with appropriate palliative care. However, they were quick to approve her application for medically assisted death. James, will they teach the history of this in Canada's Indian residential school systems? Sure. And why not Why not the regular public school system? Anywhere but the, the elite private schools that the Ottawa um, uh, politicians send their, their, their kids to, I guess. Uh, yeah, what an insane story. But unfortunately, this is not an isolated story. There are many examples of this that are coming to the fore now as more hearings are being held and more people are stepping forward. There was just this from... Just a few months ago, uh, uh, from True North, family members of euthanized Canadians say assisted dying program killed patients who could have recovered. And there are a few uh, examples here of people talking about how their, um, their, their father, their mother, their loved ones were offered medically assisted dying for essentially nuisance or, you know, oh, it's kind of, it must be uncomfortable for you here. We can help end this for you. And this is, look, much like the last story. This is an example of, uh, yeah, I understand in certain cases that there's an ethical consideration of people in terminal cases, end-of-life care, where they're just degenerating into a vegetable and all of these incredibly difficult choices that need to be made and blah, blah, blah. But the last thing we want is for the government to step in and start putting this in as part of a socialized healthcare system where they get to decide what happens to you anyway. This is what the bioethicists have been writing about for a very long time, about the ultimate control over life and death that will... The death panels, as Bill Gates said, but you're not allowed to talk about that. Well, they're, they're talking about it you're in Canada now. You're not supposed to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, so it's actually, uh, it's, it's been since 2016 that this has been uh, available in Canada, but only for terminal end of life care, special circumstances, you slippery slope arguers, you think this is just going to become willy nilly for everyone out there. No, no, no. Oh, wait. And here we are six years later and now they're expanding it to, well, anyone with any sort of mental problems, you, you got a bit of depression. Don't worry. We can, we can help end that for you. This is how this works. This is what this agenda has always been about. And I, I, I'll call it here today. I, I've been uh, out of Canada for 18 years now, going on 19. I may be holding a Tim Hortons cup today, but I am no, I, I'm no longer Canadian. I do not understand Canada. I do not, I, I would not recognize it if I saw it. I don't know what on earth is happening over there anymore, but it is a test ground for so much of the New World Order agenda right now. James, you talk about saying something eight million times. This is where I say something eight million times. Recall the Soylent Green documentary set in the year 2022. It's not all about the pharma food people. Edward G. Robinson is so shaken by the truth of what he learns about what's going on that he decides to return to the home of God and seeks assisted suicide at a government clinic. You get to pick your music and your visuals. It's, it's one of the more stunning set pieces in the film. Chuck Heston tries to rush to stop him, but arrives too late. And of course, we do talk about that on a film literature and New World Order episode from a few years back. I, I suppose, James, we were messaging about this. I suppose this is as bad a time as any to mention we lost the great David Ray Griffin recently. I just found out, actually, maybe the news just really came out today. I found out from our friends at Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, deeply saddened to learn of the passing of David Ray Griffin, November 25th, 2022. R.I.P. David Ray Griffin. Thank you 
for all you gave to the calls of 9-11 truth. And that's the main reason, James, I think you and I are here. It's why we started maybe nearly 20 years ago. Man. Hi, yeah, yeah. He also, hey, you just you just mentioned him on your false flag rating list on the brand new questions for Corbett, episode ninety three. That's just from last week. You 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 didn't know that he had passed, I assume, right? I I did not. I knew he was sick. I didn't know he had passed. Okay. No. Alrighty then. Finally, on this neural next week, episode five hundred and four. Let's try and get some not unmitigated good news. Get this headline. Anti-vaxxer nurse who injected up to 8,600 elderly patients with salt water instead of COVID vaccine walks free from court in Germany. Grabbing this from Daily Mail. And again, everything we say is always included in the show notes so you can continue the research for yourself. Don't take the words for us. Crazy spoiler alertists. An anti-vaxxer nurse who injected up to 8,600 elderly people with a saline solution instead of a COVID-19 vaccine has walked free from court. Red Cross nurse Antige T, they don't give her last name, they do actually keep criminals' names secret. Antige T, age 39, jabbed thousands of elderly patients at a vaccine center in Germany with what she told them was the BioNTech Pfizer vaccine, but was just salt water solution. The nurse... She just got six months probation. Antige T jabbed up to 8,600 patients. This is interesting. I did not catch this when I briefly discussed this on my morning show recently. The 8,600 patients who were mainly hospital employees, educators, and doctors above the age of 70 between March 5th and April 2021, leaving them with no protection against the deadly virus. The 39-year-old had additionally posted several social media posts where she openly emphasized her skeptical views regarding the COVID-19 vaccines. Her license to work as a nurse has been revoked. Following the incident, state authorities urged the fraud victims to register for revaccination so they can kill you finally. Stop screwing around. She was initially charged with 15 counts of intentional assault at the beginning of the trial in November, but nine of those 15 were dropped. You know why? Due to zero evidence. It's kind of like that guy that lowered the fluoride levels in a Vermont town's water we recently discussed. A Vermont town employee quietly lowered the fluoride in water for years. James, how interesting would it be? This is a little morbid, but it's science. If we could track the people that got the saline and then whether they went and got the real clot shot and whether they're dead now. Because in clown world, I guess every day is Halloween, James. Uh, exactly right. Yeah, no, that would be a fascinating study to do, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, uh, something tells me that we're never going to have the real data on what really happened over this because, yeah, again, who who, who will ever be able to go back and sort, sort through all of this? Um, anyway, speaking of simple sabotage, yeah, Solutions Watch, I, I covered, uh, we were talking about that uh, Virginia uh, uh, worker uh, in the water supply this sort of thing. Hey, there are people in positions who can make things happen um, that may not be uh, government approved. And hey, they can even get away with it, as it were, um, at least for some time. Uh, I wish there were many more people doing that. And on that note that you raise of, hey, most of these people who are getting these ceiling shots tend to be the hospital employees, educated people. Interesting. It's almost as if, and I know that I have seen this cited, and I'm sure I've cited it myself. I'll have to dig it up and see if I can reference it. But I, I remember seeing that the most vaccine-hesitant people tended to be those with 
uh, graduate school or higher education and high, high school dropouts. <laughs> and yet everyone in the middle was kind of the least vaccine hesitant. I wonder why that is. I wonder what the smart people know. Anyway, um, which also is in line with uh, an article that I wrote uh, last year, MIT COVID Skeptics Champion Science, where they put out this report. They were trying to find that these, oh, these stupid anti-vacciners, they don't know anything. And they actually discovered, well, actually, their arguments are more scientific than the typical supporters of vaccines. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, wow, surprise, surprise, I'm sure... The, uh, the brainiacs in our audience do not need to be told this. Um, but anyway, it just goes to show. And anyway, hats off to all the people out there who have been doing this, whose names we will never know and never see because it will not be found and they will not be known. I'm sure a lot more of this has gone on in the past few years than would ever be admitted in the mainstream. This is ironically what Jello Biafra would have called monkey-wrenching the New World Order. He literally said those words a couple of decades ago, talking about how fun it is to do pranks, to basically jam, culture jam, the New World Order. And now, look at him. That is New World Next Week, episode 504, False Flags! So get this. As I told you last week, we got them in. We've got the new three-DVD set, False Flags, The Secret History of Al-Qaeda. And I noticed immediately, because I get all the notifications, because I run the store, that all of our PayPal purchases for this new Al-Qaeda DVD were being, where they were being held up for review. They would all go through, ultimately, but they were all being held up. And I had the suspicion, and I confirmed it. It was being falsely flagged, if you will, because it said Al-Qaeda on it. That's why we've actually shortened the title on the store. It now says False Flags, The Secret History. I actually have heard of this happening before to a record store that sells online, trying to sell an album by the late, great John Lee Hooker. And it would get flagged Every time. Again, as though a prostitute would have hooker written into there. <laughs> so it is a great thing that we've got our post office box and a ton of other ways to support fear-free, ad-free media that's been doing it for what? I forget what our combined years are now. I think it's probably near the end of the 30s almost. Holy moly, James, next week. It's already our grand finale. New World Next Year 2023. We pick our stories of the past year. I pick one. James picks one. And we also have a prediction for next year. It is the only episode of the year where we don't know what the other one's going to talk about. I think we decided to chuck the ties maybe a couple years ago. James, have you... <laughs> I, I, I wrote this before we chatted a little bit. I was going to say, oh, I'm sure you've had your stories already picked for, for months and I'm always panicking at the last minute of what I'm going to talk about. But maybe not. No, I definitely have my story of the year ready to go. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, that is New World Next Week 504. But as we, of course, do head into the holidays. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. Uh, as people know, every December I have a uh, DVD sale. So this December, no exception. From today until December 25th. Uh, if you use the coupon code CHRISTMAS25, that is CHRISTMAS25, at the store, the New World Next Week store, you can get 25% off of any Corporate Report DVD. But, as you know, subscribers, members of the Corporate Report, always get 25% off. So you will get an additional 25% off. You'll get 50. There will be a special code for you guys that will be in the subscriber newsletter this weekend. And... 
I know everyone always has questions about this. The subscriber newsletter is not an email. Do not check your email. It is posted to the website. You have to sign into the website and the code will be there in the newsletter. If you need any help with that, if you were a paid Corporate Report subscriber and you have no idea how that works, just email me. I will get back to you on that. Anyway, you will get 50% off until December 25th. So if you have been hesitating about buying the new False Flags DVD or the, the data archives or any of this stuff, here is the big chance. Please support the work and please get it out to other people. Once you get it, make copies and give it to all your friends and neighbors. That's fine. I have no problems with that. Thank you for uh, helping to spread the word. And uh, I, hope, I hope people enjoy it. As always, I just want to put the stipulation... I can't, obviously we can't guarantee a Christmas delivery. So if this is a Christmas present for someone, it may be late. Uh, what are you going to do? We, of course, have been having, it seems to come in waves. We do have a lot of trouble shipping some things to Europe and we get a lot of things bounced back, trying to figure out exactly what the best way to go about that might be. And of course, we're a little new at this. So that's that's a, a bit of that, James. I feel like I had 20 other things that I kind of wanted to mention, wanted to get into. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that we have this time. And that is episode 504, my friend. That's it. Well, looking forward to next week and the, uh, the year-end wrap-up. I hope everyone else is too. Get your ties ready. Well, anyway, get some eggnog ready and we'll, we'll meet you there. Uh, James, thanks for these stories. See you next week. See you next week. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Take care.